Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, May 4th, 2020. How was your weekend? Mine was pretty good. We had uh, a little barbecue action going on. The roommates purchased a new fire pit, so we were out there kind of just hanging out on the patio Saturday night. We had some s'mores going, uh, just some good laughs, and it, it started to feel like summer a little bit, even though the weather was actually pretty good. The sun was shining, but a little breeze was going, so it was really nice, and and I know there was a lot of drama going on down in the Huntington Beach area, kind of with a bunch of protests and people just trying to get back to life, a lot of people at the beach, some actual, some pretty funny pictures, (laughs) I might add, Uh, but anyway, it was was pretty crazy, but for us here at the house, we were just chilling and had another uh, relaxing weekend, and uh, Sunday was spent kind of just... uh, laying around and getting ready for the the week ahead started to work on the podcasts a little bit do a little editing here and there but overall good weekend it was a lot of fun to just kind of kick back with the roommates and 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 like i said bring in the new uh, the new fire pit it was it was a blast uh today sam hersema my brother makes an appearance his return appearance i should say on the podcast it was a rather long interview but uh, it was recorded on a sunday night not last night, but uh, the previous Sunday night, actually. Uh, similar to this weekend, just kind of hanging out on the back patio, actually. So uh, that'll be a fun interview to uh, to listen to. Sam was on the podcast long time ago. He was actually our first guest, I believe. He was uh, he was here in the house, unlike a lot of the um, interviews have gone with phone recordings. Uh, and this one that we are going to listen to today was also in person, so hopefully there's not as many uh, technical issues. Sometimes there are some issues with the uh, the phone connection. So uh, it was a fun interview. Uh, it's a rather long one. Uh, we have we've noticed we, our interviews have started to get longer, and that's and that's totally fine. I enjoy talking with people, especially especially my brother. Uh, it's uh, uncensored this time. Not that last time was it, but uh, the language got a little more colorful, so fair warning to any kids out there. Uh, and uh, anyway, we have a great group of guests throughout the week. Uh, Sam will kick us off today with a, with a fun one. Uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, we will be joined by Captain Maynard Bajorquez of the United States Army. He is a West Point graduate, so we're going to hear his story and what life has been like in the military the past 10 years after graduating West Point. We played football together at Rio Hondo Prep, so he was a fun uh, colleague and a great chance to catch up with him. Wednesday, we have Bill Barnes on the show with the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, and I can tell you this, Bill's pretty fired up from some of the stuff here in California. Uh, That will definitely be extremely unfiltered and passionate on Wednesday uh, very uncensored. I'm a mad. I can only imagine. So be ready for that. On Thursday, we'll be joined by Phil Solis. He works in the finance, financial industry. I, I guess I would say. Uh, he's a college football official. Uh, we we've met through different levels of officiating, uh, but his story is pretty fun to hear about. And just all the success he's had in the financial industry, including what's going on now with the coronavirus quarantine and such. He's moving right along in his college football officiating career. He works in the Big Sky right now at Division One AA Conference, and he's moving right along. So that'll be fun to talk with him on Thursday. On Friday, we will be joined by Joe Wellman. He is a assistant coach at the California Baptist University, an assistant coach for the basketball program. They recently went to Division One. They play in the WAC Conference. So we'll sit down and chat with him. Our, our uh, friendship goes back a long ways uh, to care youth league and real hondo prep like a lot of guests so it'll be interesting to hear from joe on friday that is our schedule for the week really looking forward to each and every person we're going to chat with uh we appreciate the support we continue to grow it was a really good week last week i think some of the uh, promotions are starting to pay off and really uh, gather listeners every day we're getting a new listener or a new follow on the various platforms of uh of the of listening and we've also got a lot of different followers on the uh, platforms and social media twitter account or instagram page or facebook it's all starting to uh to really gather uh more people and and we really appreciate it uh 
Um, little different format now with some of the some of the uh, adver- advertising we've thrown in there. Uh, right now, it's going to be the same one for now, but we're looking to gain more advertisers as we go. So uh, bear with us with all of this. It's a work in progress, and uh, we got nothing but time, right, to work it out. So, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. Get Home Safe Pod is our Twitter handle. We have a Get Home Safe Podcast Facebook page and Instagram page, and our email is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. Thank you to those who have written in and contacted us. Uh, looking forward to another slate of guests next week. It's already filling up, so uh, but we're trying to do as many interviews as we can and just kind of put them in the library and use them later on as soon as possible. That's kind of what's going on on the Get Home Safe podcast end of things. Well, it's time to sit down and chat with Sam. We've rambled enough. It's a fun conversation, and uh, you know, it's it's we're definitely a little more uh, loose, I'll say, than we were the first time. So, let's get right to it. The interview with my brother Sam Hersima. Okay, we are joined for the second time in the history of the podcast with my brother Sam Hersima. I'm not sure whether to be excited or concerned. But we are sitting here on a Sunday night outside, candlelight, having a beverage, just enjoying a nice late April evening. Sam, welcome again to the program. Thank you for having me. Let's just uh, call, it, call it the Twilight version of your show. The Twilight. I, I don't I do not do that whole werewolf stuff, so I don't know what you're talking about. Mm, not werewolves. Other things. <laughs> Guys, for the first time, we're also joined by a live studio audience. There are two individuals here. We'll call them witnesses more than anything else, but it is Valerie Burns and Brian McDermott. Welcome to the program. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Live studio audience, huh? Yeah. The, the, the quarantine, the lockdown has been such a, uh, has had such an effect on everyone that there's nothing else to do. There's no sports on. All they can do is sit and watch a podcast. I, I, I don't know if uh, that's their only option, but here they are. So thank you for joining us. Sam, what do you think of that? Sounds pretty desperate to me, but, you know, I welcome the audience and all the extracurricular activities we're doing right now. (laughs) Absolutely. And Sam, we're almost to the month of May. We're recording this in late April. We're not sure when we will post this, if we will ever post this, but it's just an opportunity to get on the double microphones and, and, and just chat and see where it goes. Well, what do you want to talk about? I'm open to anything. I mean, we started the the uh, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, and then uh, all of a sudden we started cooking dinner. So I'm open for anything. I, I was looking forward to watching that with you, and I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. Well, we did start the first 50 minutes of that, and I will say, based off of that first episode, I created a alcoholic beverage out of it. Well, as the episode was going... It talked about Michael Jordan not really being a, a drinker uh, per se as in her, his early days in the NBA. And one of the guys said, yeah, Michael Jordan, his drink was 7-Up uh, and orange juice. So Sam had the idea. Let's throw in maybe some tequila in there. And then we jokingly were talking about it can't be a Michael Jordan drink without... At least six shot of Sam's pain. Absolutely. How can you have a Michael Jordan uh, drink without... Uh, champagne in it. So, uh, so courtesy to Mike Michael Jordan, Sam did that, and and that yeah, was a little while ago. And so things are good. For those of you who have not been here to our patio here in Eastvale, you're hearing a a constant buzzing, a zapping that probably reminds you of a scene maybe out of the Water Boy in the uh, the Louisiana swamp. There, we have here at the Eastvale home a bug zapper that would make Jurassic Park proud. And we happened to get many pterodactyls and other giant bugs uh, throughout the evening. So when you hear that zap sound, just know that another bug is dying and we're smiling as it does. So I know it makes myself happy, and Sam, it's got to make you happy. Oh, definitely. Anytime something's dying, I feel pretty great about it, actually. (laughs) That's my brother. Well, Sam... There's plenty of things we could talk about, we should talk about. I, I don't know what, what direction we should go with this. We have no notes. We are sitting out here on a Sunday evening just chatting. My brother here is smoking his 
classic cigarette, and he's, he's, he wanted to do this outside just for that reason. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we're one with nature right now, so <laughs> it's got a little buzz going on, uh, courtesy of the new MJ drink, patent pending, <laughs> and we're just going to see where this goes tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's a, we're quarantined, but this doesn't mean we can't be outside. None of us are wearing masks at the moment. We're just hanging out. Why would you wear a mask? <sighs> well, some people should wear a mask, you know what I mean? Uh, who exactly? <laughs> I, I, you know who you are. Uh, let's just leave it at that. But oh, no. <laughs> Okay. Let, let's go with that, Sam. You are somebody who, uh, you're, you're quite the rebel. You, you refuse to put a mask on despite all the ordinances and the request from law enforcement to do so. Is that right? Correct. I, I, be realistic about it. I probably am the most at risk. I am still partially essential. I have asthma. I smoke. The only thing I don't, the only thing I'm not is old. But because I smoke, I'm probably about 20 years older than I really am. (laughs) It's all, you know, all this is kind of bullshit to me. When I started talking to my brother about the virus, his famous quote was, well, all the alcohol and nicotine in my body, there's nothing, there's nothing inside of me that's going to live very long. So, <laughs> and, and watching him uh, douse his cigarette, I, I can uh, assure you that's definitely true. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it, <laughs> in the words of the famous Steve Kerr. <laughs> well, I'm a little nervous here. It's weird having a conversation with, with another person. That's fine in itself, but we also have... Two, two guests just kind of watching her every move here. I see a lot of eye rolls. I see a lot of judgment. And I know you guys are in the back row just trying not to laugh, but it's a little intimidating. Uh, you know, I've, I've played games and refereed games in front of a lot of people before, but Sam, at this table, it is it's definitely a little intense. Well, you know, I don't mind judgment. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm a white straight male, so there's a lot of judgment there. <laughs> <laughs> You're guilty by association, I think. Yeah. Oh, man, alive. I, you know, Sam, a big show that you and I like is Rescue Me, and I restarted it recently. I hadn't finished it. I was on, like, episode five, and I really like it because Tommy Gavin, he's kind of a tortured soul, a, a firefighter post-9-11, and that show went on for a few years. You actually got me into it. I really liked it, and I'm looking forward to finishing it. What can you tell me about your thoughts on Rescue Me? Oh, I love that show so much. Hey, asshole. <laughs> best, line, best lines ever. I, I love the uh, camaraderie, camaraderie of the actual firehouse, but I also love the, the, the raw humor there is. It's, it's not uh, politically correct, yeah. for the lack of a better word. For sure, for sure. And I think, Sam, when you and I both grew up playing sports, being on teams, it, it was definitely an adjustment period after high school whether you're in college or, you know, into your 30s, just finding that team camaraderie concept because it doesn't come easy. You don't find it in your job, even though I'm sure teamwork is preached down your throat. It, it's just not the same, right? There's, there's, there's not a, quite an avenue that you can find that whole feeling on. No, everything goes back to, honestly, it goes back to high school. It goes back to the grind. It goes back to... Would you die for each other? I know that's a bit extreme, sure. but it. I think we really would have back in the day. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not dying for a coworker. <laughs> Probably throwing you in front of the fucking bus. Throwing you under the bus. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, I've had the privilege to interview a few ex-teammates of mine: Bill Ritter, Devin Drain. Recently, I spoke with Landon Goodwell, who was your teammate longer than he was mine, or I guess about the same, but. Uh, you know, there's nothing quite like having teammates, and especially in football. The other sports are great. I love the other sports, but football is just different. It's special. It's 11 guys working hard to achieve a goal on every play, every every series, every season, every game. It, it's just completely different than anything else. And, and I, I miss that camaraderie daily. I miss talking with the guys, preparing with the guys. And football was just, it was so clear to me. And now we haven't had that for over 10 years, and it's just totally been different as a grown-up. Well, first of all, Landon, you would never have gotten a scholarship <laughs> without me. 
<laughs> I blocked for you, and be, let's be realistic. They were like, anytime we needed 10 yards, it was like, let's go to Sam's side. <laughs> and, but I will, I will share a story there, or land in. Uh, he decided to treat all of his linemen to a dinner at Claim Jumper. Whoa. And, you know, everyone's going, they're going around, they're getting everybody's orders. And they get to me, and I look at the waiter, and I say, what's the biggest steak you have? Okay, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take that one medium. Well, I'd say for an all-CIF running back, that, that was, uh, you know, that was acceptable, you yeah, know? You're welcome. <laughs> all the, the newspaper didn't write down the lineman's name too often, so Landon, thank you very much for that treat to the offensive line. I wish as a sophomore maybe you would have... Uh, you know, thought of your teammates back then, but we understand you weren't the... You were a quarterback. You already got all the glory. <laughs> glory? There was no glory here. Of course there was. Oh, stop. This is this is the part of the show where we talk about Sam feeling like he was living in my shadow, as, as, as I've heard so many times. There was no shadow. Sam had his own life, had his own... Uh, way of doing things. Oh, yeah, and... I had a shadowed life. Very, <laughs> oh. That's very well to put it. Oh, my goodness. It, it, he didn't go to college, but if he would have gone to college, his major definitely would have been drama, in my opinion. Yeah, and <laughs> your major should have been bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. That's, that's another name for communications, if you guys haven't uh, figured that out already. But... Yeah, you had a bullshit in communications. <laughs> a BS degree, exactly. Uh <laughs> Oh, Sam. You know, we talked about this on the first podcast. We didn't really see eye to eye. We didn't. We were close only by because we had to be. I think we became much closer later in life, more specifically, probably in our late 20s. But before that, we shared a last name, and that was about it, right? Yeah, you you take a look at the – you take a look at Matt's senior year. Take a look at that yearbook, and there was a section called, I don't know, it was like brotherly love yeah. or siblings, and everybody was all close and shit like that, and you look at the picture of me and Matt, we're just like probably at least three feet apart, just looking miserable. I, th- I think foreshadowing to the coronavirus, we, we were definitely six feet apart, sitting on a sitting on a bench there, just kind of laughing and smiling, like, no, there was no laughing, what am I saying? We were like, they're like... They came around with the yearbook. They're like, hey, we're taking pictures of everyone who's a sibling. And all these siblings are doing these great poses or arms around each other. And Sam and I are just sitting there like, do we really have to do this? And, and it was probably the last photo in that section. And, and uh, I look back now and laugh. But at the time, yeah. we are like, why are we doing this? And the first and last photo of us in high school. <laughs> exactly. So I graduated, Sam. We talked about this a little bit. And then your shadow was gone, apparently. And you were able to excel. You you did great things on the football field. You were an offensive lineman for a long time. But you did, uh, one of your years on JV, score a touchdown. And I remember that game specifically because I was watching as a proud, oh, yeah. proud brother. I forgot about that. Yes. Tell us about your, your touchdown it, as a... You were an offensive lineman, so how did this occur? Well, Mr. Parker always wanted to get me involved. It was his thing. Um, he was like, I want to get you a touchdown. And I think we, I believe we tried. Actually, no, it was my fresh. It was my freshman year. My freshman year, I got a touchdown. Handoff from Dan Pastor. And I kind of just fell into the end zone, to be honest with you. And... Then, believe it or not, we tried it again, <laughs> and I believe I fumbled, oh. but got my own ball back. So it was kind of a lose-win, win-lose. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you want to call that. Okay, so so let's focus on you for a second, and, and Dan Pastor. Uh, uh, this is a story I know everyone may not know they need to hear, but they need to hear. So at Real Hondo Prep, we would have these work days. We had our fields were, were kind of all in one. It was a football field one day. You had to transform it into a baseball field the next day. There was always work to be done. It was very unique at Rio. So one of the things that Rio Hondo we had to do was we had to put up these fences. And there were these fence poles. Basically, anytime you see a chain lick fence, you see a pole. What you do is you take this uh, tool and you put it over the pole. And it has two handles on it. And you slam downward to 
make the fence pole go into the ground and then you construct the chain link fence from there. Hopefully that's painted a picture for you. Well, for whatever reason, Real Honda Prep thought it was a good idea for high school boys to do this. So at the time, my young brother here, he was the guy holding the pole in place while another young lad held the fence pole pounder, whatever the term is, and he slammed down to knock the pole into the ground. Well, unfortunately, high school boys make mistakes. While my dear brother's standing down there holding the pole, Dan Pastor, who's now in the Navy, mind you, slammed the pole down. He missed the pole on his way down, and the pole pounder, no pun intended, slammed into Sam's head, my dear brother here, cut a good chunk out of his head, and he was bleeding down his face like he was in the Kennedy assassination. So Sam, I don't know if you remember that, maybe you re don't remember it, but what can you tell me from that traumatic experience? Well, that's when I got things knocked into perspective. Um, I don't really remember much of the event. Uh, what I do remember was from what the, there's parts that there's parts that I'm told. Um, I rolled down the hill. Uh, the one part I do remember is is grabbing my head and pulling my hand away. And they're just being red, and I was just. And all I did was like, I screamed. I wasn't swearing at the time, but if I did, I would have been like, "What the fuck," you know. And then I I walked across the field, um, apparently in shock, and my good friend uh, Gabe Perez, he he told me this that he asked me, "Are you okay?" And apparently I looked at him and I said, I'm fine. <laughs> and then I collapsed on the floor. And then I don't remember anything after that. I don't remember anything. Well, I could say that was a long time ago. But to this day, Sam occasionally has a very short haircut. He'll shave his, the top of his head. And there is a massive scar on the very top right of his head, above his forehead. And you, if you look at it carefully... You can you can see oh yeah that does look like a, a pole basically got slammed into your head and ripped the top of your head down uh, to to create a, a this nice little stitches area you have so I'm, I gotta imagine the chicks dig that scar Sam oh yeah man I'm a crip gang initiation <laughs> man Sam it is looks a, like a seat. Yeah, yeah very very tough gangster out of the south side of Glendora. For those of you who didn't want to know. I mean, our school boarded on Omani, so it's kind of like, it's kind of <laughs> believable to a point. I wish that was the last injury you had at Rio Hondo. There was another injury where there was a drill with a baseball bat, where guys <laughs> were working on swinging and hitting the ball the other way to, to just work on, you know, kind of your grip strength. And so you'd have a baseball bat, you'd throw a basketball at the person hitting and so you had to work on hitting the ball to right field, just kind of building that strength. Well, my brother, <laughs> maybe the, the ball, the pitch wasn't delivered as great as it could have been. No, I and just, it was towards I, his head. I just so, didn't give a fuck, to be honest with you. I just so I wanted he, to get to I want to get out of there. <laughs> so he swung at the basketball with the bat. If you've ever hit a basketball with a bat, there's a little bit of a recoil. So the bat recoiled and hit him in the forehead. And again, my, my brother's bleeding down his face. And the best part was he come. we had this uh, reading period towards the end of our school uh, day. You had to go into, the, <laughs> into this great room. My brother goes in there. He's one of the last ones to the period. Everyone's like, hey, Sam, you're late. And he has this knot on his head that, that stuck out like a Viking horn, pretty much. And he's like, uh, I have to go get this taken care of. <laughs> and the teacher goes... Oh, go, go, go. <laughs> but you had a, those two injuries weren't that far apart with your, your massive head wounds. One was junior year, one was senior year, but it was the beginning of senior year. So it was kind of, they were about a six months, six months to eight months apart. If anybody ever has any issues on my brother's opinions on life, his thoughts, his uh, intelligence, you know, just remember that he's had some two really tough head injuries and he may not know it at the time 
he may think back to it and, and not be aware of the effects that it's had on him. But I can honestly say after knowing him most of my life that it's definitely taken effect on him to some extent. Yeah, I have more common sense than most people now. <laughs> All you had to do was be hit in the head. Yeah, I mean, it, it, practice makes perfect. <laughs> practice makes permanent, as Coach Drain would say, Sam. Come on now. Well, permanent, but I'm, but I'm pretty perfect. So. <laughs> Sam is a legend in his own mind, and his mind, as we've discussed, has been hit quite often. So, uh, you know, this is, this is my only sibling, guys. He's my only brother. I have to bring him on the show because I don't know who else to talk to. I have Valerie here, my buddy Brian McDermott, still sitting in the back. He's, he's today's show producer, we'll call it. One day we'll get him on, maybe outside of quarantine. He's a big fan. Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> Just followed you on Spotify earlier today. Now, as you see, guys, we, we are constantly growing here. I mean... Whether you're out on the back patio having a drink or having a, a cigarette, we're just gaining listeners. And, you know, Brian's joined the, the program here, and we hope all the rest of you are also. What do you call your followers? My followers? Let's see. That's a good That's a good call, Brian. you got to come up with a name. We need a name. Hers The game. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, go play on your phone. Uh, the get home safe. How about... I don't know the run scores for everyone getting home safe. Uh, maybe the um, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe we should have a poll question out there on a Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or something. I got to think about this, guys. But I'm gonna put it out there. I think to get your guys' opinion. What would you say? What, what should my guests be called, Sam? All six of them. Get home safe and ignore Matt's pop podcast. <laughs> we met your fans. That's all we can do. My fans. Yeah, I, I only have so many guests. It's been cool having all these guests all these weeks, but eventually I'm going to run out of people, and it's going to have to recycle some people. Yeah. Unfortunately, you didn't know this, but I'm recycling you at the moment. You're, you're okay. coming back on stage. How does it feel to be alone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not alone. I have you, Sam. I have my lovely girlfriend, Valerie. I have my, my roommate, Brian, with his Major League Baseball Network. Uh, no, t-shirt no. on that I'm jealous of. Like, I, we, I, I'm not alone. Oh, we got sponsors now. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's episode was sponsored by Valerie Burns's salmon and steak and potatoes and broccoli. For those of you who are interested, what quarantine Hersema men do on a Sunday evening? That's it right there. And pull out podcast equipment. Yeah. We get a we get a meal made by an amazing woman. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, thank you. She's a great woman who lacks judgment. Uh, she not only puts up with me, but she puts up with some of your antics, which is a whole other story. She loves me. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Sam, let's talk about that for a second. Let's do it. I, 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 I'm down on my drink right now. I was about right to now. say, I'm actually... Valerie, will you I'm, refill my brother's drink? I am, actually. So I'm going to make one for me. I didn't, I didn't want to ask you because I didn't want to be a dick. Fellas, you see, yeah, that's... I only it's just, dinner, so don't worry about it. She did make dinner. But she, I made you two drinks, so you you know, it kind of balances out. <laughs> Brian, before you leave, getting you on the podcast soon, right, brother? I'm coming on, dude. Okay, good. <laughs> getting my notes ready. I know it's a long walk. Take take some notes. Do whatever you got to do. We're going to talk about the Jordan documentary. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Uh, okay, you're good. Coming, you're coming, and you're coming hard, too, right? Yes, be ready. <laughs> Pre- prepare. This happened just by sheer, uh, you know, chance, but... Looking forward to having you on, my brother. Sure. Not my brother, brother, but... Thanks for having me. Hey, <laughs> can't do this without you. <laughs> Good night. Brian is one of those uh, lads that has a job still, unlike some of most of us, but God bless him. We wish him well, and, uh, you know, he's, he's doing the Lord's work. So, Sam, let's talk for a second about... I don't know what else to call it. This sounds kind of bad, but... Uh, let's talk about love life for a second. Uh, you know, mostly from my standpoint, or, uh, you know, you've been my brother a long time, <laughs> 30, almost 32 years now, uh, 32 on May 15th. Looking forward to that day. Fuck, but really? <laughs> Shit. You're going to be 32. I haven't been taken yet. <laughs> and if you, and if, if maybe this will come out after May 15th, but probably not. Do you guys hear that sound in the background? That's my lovely girlfriend pouring ice and making making some beverages for the Hurston and Men. God, she's amazing. Gotta love her. Uh, so, so on that note, Sam, 
I have not had, uh, we'll say, the best dating track record. I, I, I'll let you run with it any direction you want here, but I was never, I never had much success. I, I, I tried to sit back and just let things happen, and then I tried, you know, I don't know. I've never been someone who was very good at the whole dating game. I, I you know, every every now and then a broken clocks right twice a day and Valerie came into my life and I couldn't be happier that uh, that, that that happened but I mean what are your thoughts I'm going to give you an opportunity here to to knock me down a peg or two and I, I'm a little worried about it but just uh, what are your thoughts on on <laughs> on dating in general and and you know your brother's path so far well you know dating dating's easy you just all you have to do is you have to say what you want right off the bat, you know? okay. like, and most of the time that doesn't work out, but sometimes it does, mm-hmm. you know? I think that you had always, you, you had always uh, overthought things too much. Okay, fair enough. You, you know, like there's, people have a tendency to say like, I'm not worthy, you know, or I'm not, you know, I'm dating up or I'm dating down. It's not about that. It's about about just finding somebody if they like you see where it takes you oh dad's always been very supportive with us and and done what he could and you know uh, uh, as a father who who's uh, dating himself at the time you know it, it's been fun in 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 one aspect to be able to talk with him about things and to get a perspective from him as someone who's been around longer in the dating world. And like I said, I'm very fortunate to have uh, found Valerie because uh, I, I did not I did not do well for myself beforehand. As you're well aware, I, I went to you for advice often. And you'd say things and I was like, oh, really? And, and you know, finding out down the road that, oh, you were right <laughs> about a lot of the things I should have done or not done earlier. Well, I mean... You're talking. To, you're also talking to somebody who was with somebody for eight plus years and proposed and was engaged, and then it didn't work out. So, like you know, there's no there's no formula for it. It's just it is what it is. You know. Sure. And some of those things I told you, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. My entire twenties was pretty much wrong. I mean, I dedicated my life to one person, and where is that person now? Yeah, I I think. I think the bottom line, Sam, is that you can have, you use the word formula, you can have formulas and equations and all these things that are supposed to happen by a certain age or by a certain time of you dating somebody. But bottom line, it's to each his own. Everyone has to go on their own journey. They have to make their own decisions. They can get advice from people and and that's a wonderful thing. But you, you, you can't just paint this picture of, oh, hey, this is how things go. No, because unfortunately, life is a little more tricky than that. We think we have it figured out, and as soon as you think you have it figured out, uh, you know, things explode on you. Of course. it's it, Honestly, it's your formula, mm-hmm. your personal formula that you have to come up with. It's And you may think you have the right one. I'm not saying you, because you have an amazing woman right now, but... There's a lot of people out there who believe they're doing right, mm-hmm. believe that they're in the right relationship, and I don't have many friends, but I can see that they aren't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's like you're either you're, yeah, man. To to be raw about it, it's like it's like you. I look at I look at some guys out there, and I'm just like, dude, you're a straight up pushover. Yeah, you know, like. It's like, yeah, you know, your wife comes first. Your wife should always come first. But it's, it's there are guys out there that are scared to death of their damn wife mm-hmm. or girlfriend or whatever. Like, it's like, you know, like it's not. It's a two way street, you know. Absolutely. And I, I lived. I lived it. So now I, I'm more prone to see it. No, and and I appreciate your advice. You're a younger brother, but but you are somebody that I I respect their opinion of greatly. And I'll tell you right now that there's no other way to say it besides the day a significant other tells you, hey, 
uh, I don't want your brother over. I don't want your sister over. Or hey, you see too much of them. That that that's a big that's a big sign to me. That that should never be the case. And I'm fortunate that you and Valerie get along very well. Uh, a not too well. <laughs> <laughs> not all not all siblings and their and their and their significant others do get along well. Some people. You never hang out with their significant others. Hey, what's their name? Who? What's? Oh, oh, let's hang out, and they never bring them around. And you're like, wait a minute, what's what's up with that? Like, if you like hanging out with them, you like hanging out with me, then we should all hang out together, right? Yeah, I I believe that, and I lived it. Um, one of the reasons that it didn't work out for me is it came down to my family. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm sorry, but. My blood is my blood. Yeah. And they're more, they're just as equally important as you, or if not more in some senses. So if you don't get along with them, then it's too bad. That's yeah. almost like the test, though, right? Like when you have someone in your life, you're getting along great, you're having great times, you want to introduce them to your friends, but as soon as you bring them around family, that's really the game changer, right? That's really the fork in the road, whether it's your siblings or your parents, right? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not talking about extended family. Like extended family, like, you know, to a point, like, you know, they're important and everything, but it's like, no, you got to get, you got to get along with my, for me, my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. You don't get along with them, it's it's going to be over very soon. Well, well, I appreciate that. And likewise, without us really talking about it, that's how I feel about the people I've dated. Uh, when it didn't go that way, that should have been a red flag. Oh, uh, they don't get along with my brother. Uh, you, you know, and, and you learn lessons later in life, sometimes later than you wanted to. But uh, when you find the right person, when you find people... Uh, somebody that does get along with you and your family that that is so huge and i don't know why it is so complicated at times with that whole with that whole subject it shouldn't be that complicated you like me you should you should like the people that i love most oh of course it's i've been through the same thing it's like i don't i don't i don't understand how, first of all i don't understand how hard as much as i don't like people it's not hard to get along with someone's family. Mm-hmm. It's not difficult. I've never, I've never had that problem. But when it, well, when it comes down to, when it comes down to it all, it's just like, for the lack of a better word, like fucking get over yourself, you know? Yeah. No, you get, you got to push egos aside. I think that's important for any relationship. But then, especially when you are meeting people of of somebody that you care about. Or, or love, or, you know, it's almost like we forget how to act around people. Like, we're so caught up in our own, oh, well, I'm this, I'm that. Like, it's like, wait a minute. Hey, I love you. I care about you. This is someone I also love and care about on a different level that I really hope you get along with. And, and you almost, the, the thought never crosses your mind of, oh, man, they, they won't get, they won't get along. That, that's that's the deepest fear, but you never even think of that. And unfortunately, sometimes that does happen, you know? Yeah, I I, I, I guess I will say that I, I'm at a point in life where it's if you don't get along with my people, mm-hmm. my immediate important people, my brother, my dad, his girlfriend, it doesn't matter. Like, you're obviously not the one for me. Yeah. No, no, dude. Those are my people. My brother's going to be along, around for a long time. My dad, God willing, around for at least the next twenty to thirty years. And it's those are those are my people. So if we, you don't get we, along with them, you're not going to get along with me. We need to see a Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl victory with Dad, don't you think? It's got to. I, I I pray every year. I don't know if we'll ever see it, but I hope that Dad's around when we see it. I really, I really would love the three of us to experience that together. Well, we we were close, but the Patriots fucked us again. <laughs> you know, good, good on Brady. You know, yeah, that's his, that's his thing. Good on Belichick. They're legends. Do you remember meeting Valerie for the first time? The first time? I'm trying to remember when that was. I think we were both drunk, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact first time. Gonna, I just remember 
I just remember, like, we got along, and, you know, she ended up loving me more than you. And... <laughs> right now, sitting at this table, I don't remember when it was. Uh, I'm sure we, we, you know, we could find out and, and figure it out. But uh, I, I do remember that there was, as a sibling, there's definitely a, I don't like this word, but there's, there's a sense of, of approval. You know, I, I definitely wanted you to like her. I liked her very much. And, and, you know, as my brother, as my only sibling, I wanted you to like her a lot. And uh, if, if I think hard enough, same, I think it might have been a Quakes game, Thirsty Thursday, maybe. I think you're right. Yeah. Actually, you know, Val was making uh, gestures, like actually telling us. So Miming, we, miming baseball, so which is we, hilarious, we, we by actually the way. Know, and, and, well, I'm trying to hit the mic. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy she remembered. And now, now that she said it, I do remember, and I remember... <laughs> I remember, uh, not to be, not to be mean or anything, but my ex was kind of being a bitch to her that night. So, really? Yeah, she was kind of ignoring her and offering her own world because I think we had friends there. There was a lot of people there that night, and I, and I remember her, her. <laughs> your guys whispering comes over the mic loud, uh, but but it I remember come, it won't come over everything else. <laughs> I remember, you know. It was it was one of the first times I I felt like I was excited. You bring someone around, okay? You're you're anxious to bring somebody around, your friends, your family. But it was the first time I was really excited, and it was this like, I want to see how they feel about this. And of course, it was a sporting event because that's how I work, fellas. Uh, <laughs> the story goes, it was a Thursday, it was probably our second time, second date, we'll call it a second date, and not to get all, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> so proper on you guys, but we always look forward to Thursday Thursdays at Quake Stadium. Got my brother out, got other friends out, other umpires out. You're damn right we did, it was dollars. <laughs> Just one dollar. Put oh, is that what it was? Dollar beers, two dollar beers, something like that. I'd put, down, wine. I'd put down a dollar and get five beers. <laughs> put down five bucks and be like, keep them coming. And this is like before the game starts. So um, I went with friends and I texted Valerie, who I had a great first date with. I didn't screw it up, at least I hoped I didn't. And I was texting her. She was trying to be a pilot at the time. She was studying, so I didn't want to bother her, but I had to text her. And I went. Hey, I'm at the Quakes game in Rancho Cucamonga with my friends and my brother, and it's it's a great time. And she responded, oh, man, that sounds way more fun than what I'm doing. And she was in her room in Chino Hills uh, studying pilot stuff. And I went, at first I thought, oh, no, I screwed up. Like, wait, was I supposed to, wait, I thought you said you were studying. I didn't want to interrupt your studying. Like, oh, no. Uh, me panicking like I do, she's like, no, 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 that, no, 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 I was studying, but you know what, that sounds like a lot more fun. I said, well, I would love it if you came out. So she came out, our second date ever, she comes to the Ranch of Cucamonga Quakes game, which is a, another reason why that stadium and uh, is very important to me, but uh, <laughs> she comes out to the game, meets my brother, uh, we won't go into his ex at the time, but meets a bunch of umpires and football officials I'm like, are you ready for this? <laughs> and she rolls in, and I wanted approval. I really did. You know, I wanted my brother to approve and and everyone else uh, to, to be like, oh, man, she's really great. So, Sam, do you remember any specific moments from that night? Well, I remember we agreed with each other, you know. We, <laughs> you know, she met the better brother that night. So, yeah. Is that what broke you up? Yeah. Oh, it all makes exactly. sense. Exactly. I was just like, no, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just <laughs> come get a hot dog with me. <laughs> Valerie had her her uh, her, her two dollar uh, white wines that night, and we all just kind of had a conversation, and it was a good time. Just just hanging out with uh, the buddies, and and uh, by the end of the night, I was like, man, she she hung her own that night. It was pretty great. Just yeah. just as she, as she does, right. And, uh, you know, I tried to warn her. I was like, hey, just so you know, like, there's a lot more <laughs> sports stuff in the future. She's like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, you don't know. <laughs> there's a lot more coming for you. I hope you're ready. But you did great tonight. Thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a, I was a whipped, I was a whipped person at that point in a relationship. So 
I don't remember much, but I remember liking her. Well, that's that's all that matters to me, and uh, you know, it's, it's to this day very important to me. And I know you guys have a great relationship. I, I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, you know, you, you don't. I don't have a uh, a mom to bring her home to, but I have my brother Sam, and that's that's always important to me. My dad counts too, but uh, you know, Sam, you and I are are very close, and we've grown close over the years, especially our adult years. And so, well, mom would have told her what a piece of shit you are. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be realistic. And here. there's the filter. Uh, yeah, my brother is a very encouraging lad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think honestly the best thing. Uh, now we won't get too emotional. But mom would have told her that she loved her. She would be like, "My, uh, you, my Valerie loves my aunt, our aunt, I should say," and, and that's a whole other subject. But my aunt, our aunt, is very similar to our mom. Maybe not exactly, but has similarities. We'll say. And she's a very influential person, uh, female, I should say, in our life. Um, don't always agree with everything, but in general, she is our female influence, if you will. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've loved her for years for that. Yeah, she's definitely uh, still head of family. You know, she, mm -hmm. that's the top. If you meet, if you meet Aunt, you meet, you're meeting the whole family, pretty much. Definitely. Well said. Very, very well said. Uh, family gatherings are a lot of fun. They, they've been more fun over the years. Uh, again, with you and I growing more close together, but uh, having, having our family around and, and mom's family and you bring your dad in the mix, it, it's, it's, really, it's fun to joke around and think about some of the memories we've had and everything. And you almost start, you want to talk about some of this stuff, but you just start chuckling. You start chuckling and you forget almost what you want to talk about, you know? Yeah, you for, <laughs> you forget because there's so many stories. It's what dad at Wednesday night practice. It's dad at it's dad <laughs> dancing at your basketball game. Oh my lord! And yes, it's, it's random shit that you. Let's you, tell that story. Let's, I don't even remember it. I just know it got recorded. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're at that point, everybody. We're, we're, you know what? We're just gonna. We're going to focus on something. So I, I, let's say I was a senior. I hate talking glory days, but it always comes up. So my dad and mom always sat by the visiting bench. It just They were in a corner of the gym where what we, what we had was the American Savings Pavilion at Real Honda Prep. It was, oh. a, it was an outdoor open-air gym. It was like a tent. It was, a, it, was a, it was a basketball floor with an outdoor, like a tent, like a circus tent. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, I'll tell you right off the bat, it was the quickest entrance and the quickest exit. That's why they stayed there, <laughs> and nobody was around. Oh, man, exactly. Yeah, that's right. They they got out the door, or there was no door. These were Velcro drapes. My parents could turn right and leave and get to their car quick and get home to Glendora. That was, looking back, I didn't think of it that way, but that's that's genius. So they were in the corner, sitting pretty close to the visiting team. Well... We made this run on Chadwick and Chadwick at the time, whatever, it doesn't matter. This was 20 years ago. Uh, we went up on Chadwick with like a minute left. The game was, we, we, we pulled away. The band is playing, I want to say All Right Now by, uh, well, the Stanford band played it all the time. All Right Now by, oh, I can't forget. can't remember. But, so they're playing this song. Because we, we got a bunch of steals, layups, we went up. The game was all but decided. Timeout, Chadwick. Yeah. And mi Mr. Bray, <laughs> you know what we're talking about. If you still have this video, post it yes. to this podcast. Mr. Bray, please. W there's There needs to be no, uh, re no recognition, no anything. Just post it. Put Dave Hersema dancing to a real Hondo prep victory. Uh, doesn't matter. It, it is timeless. It's, it's glorious. So... The band is playing, and Mr. Bray up in the up in the we'll call it the crow's nest is up there filming, and he notices my dad is dancing. Not only is he dancing, he is taunting the Chadwick bench. He is 
facing them. He's not too. He's probably 15, <laughs> 10, 15 feet from them as they're in the little huddle during the timeout. My my father is clapping and stomping his feet, somewhat offbeat <laughs> to this song, and he's just clapping. Da, 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 and he's facing them, and he's and he is taunting them as best as he can because we've we've just all but decided the game. And Mr. Bray had the presence of mind to find my dad and zoom in on him. And it was just as we're watching game film the the the, the week after, he zooms in there and everybody laughed because they knew exactly how loud my dad was at games and also how he was <laughs> in those moments. So he's dancing to "All Right Now" by the Pet Band. Mr. Bray, if you're, if I know you can hear this, if you can find that footage, that would be fantastic. We will put it on our Instagram page, our Facebook page, our Twitter page. It was so great. And, uh, you know, my dad having our back at the time was yeah. just fantastic. He was always there for us, wasn't he, Sam? Yeah, and I was, I was in the pet band at that time. I was drumming my ass off for that game. I hated Chadwick. <laughs> oh. They had, we called a guy, like, what, what? One eight hundred ATT or whatever, um, carrot top. Oh, carrot top. The carrot yeah, top. yeah. And then we had another dude that was called Floppy. <laughs> and it, we 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 tore into that team. Yeah, it. We, you know what? Again, this is down memory lane and and the glory days, blah blah blah. But but I was a senior, and my brother being in the pep band, pretty much a leader in the pep band at the time as a freshman. You're damn right, I was. <laughs> it was so much fun because you knew he looked forward to Friday nights just as much as I did. And, and when I was not playing, I looked forward to Friday nights when he was playing, same thing. But to physically be in high school together and have those moments, I wouldn't trade those for anything. Those were such fun moments. And <laughs> to talk about our dad dancing and taunting the visiting sideline when my brother's playing the drums. and Oh, man, I can't even ex- – I wish I could paint a better picture uh, with this whole thing. Well, I had a, I remember I had a solo that night because we didn't, there was a time where nobody was ready to play. So I think, I think it was Todd who looks back at me and says, Sam, do your thing. <laughs> and then I just go off on my drum solo because I'm losing my shit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I still remember that game because it was, it was fun. It, every time we played Chadwick, it was just, it was, during those years, it was it was, oh, it was a bloodbath, and it was great. Yeah, if if we didn't beat anybody all year, that's who we <laughs> wanted to beat, because they were, they were pieces of shit. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, what was cool about uh, not cool, but you know, our dad, our father worked down at the port of Los Angeles, which is San Pedro, and you know, in the prep league, you play Pasadena Poly, Flint Ridge Prep. Those are two kind of Pasadena based teams and, and we went to school in Arcadia there was a school at, in Claremont called Webb and then the other team in the league was called Chadwick and they were out in Palos Verdes the Pacific Palisades uh, you know up in the rolling hills and so when dad was at work it, it was so cool when we played down there he, he'd do his he'd go to work and then take the day off or uh, you know, get off early and come watch the games and it was so cool being in his neighborhood basically while we while his sons played sports, yeah. And then we had the bug bowl then too. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. So many memories. Just so many memories. Well, they only had one. They only had one field goal area, which was bullshit. <laughs> a little JV, we'll say. A little yeah. JV. But it was, you know, they were, they were, uh, they were pretty good at that time. Actually. I want, I want to tell a story about Chadwick, because, because my year, my senior year, we go eleven man. We had played eight man forever. We go eleven man, and we play Chadwick. I had one leg; my, uh, my ankle was all screwed up. Uh, we're playing Chadwick, of course, no lights, so we play at two o'clock. We go down there; it's a fog bowl. It's absolutely foggy. You can't see anything. We play well. We beat Chadwick. We had to beat them to get in the playoffs. We beat Same them. Uh, we beat them our senior year. Uh, with probably a minute left, we scored a touchdown. And at Chadwick, you can only there was only a goalpost at one end one end of the field. What you had to do if you scored is you had to walk to the other end of the field to kick your extra point. Well, Mr. Drain, we scored late and, and darkness was coming up. It was in November, we'll call it, and darkness was starting to be an issue, and we were 
well in hand of winning the game, but darkness was coming up. So Mr. Drain goes, uh, stay at this end, go for two, run a uh, dive 25. So we just run this dive, basically. Hut, hand the ball to the fullback, straight up the middle. He didn't get in, he got stuffed. You're trying to get three yards, but you're not really trying to get it. You're just trying to save time and then go kick off. Well, there was a coach at Chadwick. His name was Sid. I forget his last name. Oh, man. See? I'm sorry, everybody. I got all worked up here and knocked the microphone down. Anyway, there's a coach at Chadwick. His name was Sid. He was the head coach at the, or one of the coaches at the time at Chadwick. And he shouted across the field. Uh, something's never changed, huh, Rio Hondo? And I'll take you back because when we played them in eight-man years before, Sid was the head coach. He got ejected at Rio Hondo Prep. He got ejected, and there was a fence line at Rio Hondo at the, on the visiting sideline. So he left the field. He went on the other side of the fence and was still continuing to coach even though he'd been ejected. He was shouting and screaming and, and coaching to his team, and the referees caught wind of it, and they said... Uh, he's been ejected already. The game's over. You guys forfeit Real Hondo. You win. So that was in the that was in the nineties at some point. So this is in two thousand two. Rio goes up, you know, four or five touchdowns. They just run a dive. They're not trying to run the score up. They're just trying to save daylight. Let's, let's get let's get this game done. So Rio runs a dive. We go to line up the kickoff and Sid across the field shouts across the field. Hey, real, something's never changed. Basically trying to tell us that not only was he screwed at Real Hondo when he was ejected and continued to coach beyond the fence, but now we were screwing him again by trying to go for two under a minute left, up by 40 points or whatever. And I happened to be, I was injured, and I didn't play much that game, but I was standing next to Mr. Drain. And Mr. Drain, with his hands in his pockets, getting all bright red and, and the feet, the fumes started to flow he like went out to the hash marks almost and he shouted at the top of his lungs across the field to mr sid and he said <laughs> he said get a life get some lights <laughs> and he shouted that i will never forget it i was standing right next to him when he said it and <laughs> it's a little bit of a history it's not that great of a story but it was hilarious to me uh, because Sam, you guys played, I think the JV game the next day, and it was it was foggy, like it was for our game. But our game, you know, meant we got in the playoffs, and Sid made his little. I actually got to be running back that game. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. I didn't score, but I got to be running back that game because we, as usual, we blew them out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It so J- I mean, it was JV, but <laughs> it was still like we we wanted to stick it to that team. But yeah. Oh, the next yeah the next pri- day privilege. Privileged little shit. <laughs> get a life. Get some lights. That was hilarious because they didn't have lights. The darkness was going. I will never forget that. That was <laughs> just a great. It's funny the things you remember, Sam, from your playing days. It could be handing the ball to an offensive lineman like yourself, or you know your head coach screaming across the field about against a guy who was completely lost. It, it just. I, I I think about it all so often, and and I miss it. I, I wish kids could appreciate it more now than they do. Well, there was, I remember I, and I'll, I'll wrap this up because we're kind of going over, <laughs> going over time limit here. But I I remember Wednesday night practice senior year. I dreaded it because it meant it meant the big running day, and I was a big boy. And I was always the one holding up the rest of the team because I couldn't, I couldn't run it. Try me now, Coach Lee. <laughs> I'll run that shit now, Lieutenant Lee. <laughs> yeah, I think Captain now. Captain maybe, now, maybe, maybe more. But um, I remember that last running night. He, we, we ran the first. What is, what is it? Goalpost to goalpost, hundred and twenty yards. Yes. Goalpost to goalpost. And back, and we had to get back in a certain amount of time. And we got back, and I was I was stoked that it was the last practice, so I gave it my all. I, <laughs> I, I didn't care if I died. And I got back, and and he was just like, guys, that was fast. 
run it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. And, I, and I, I still remember to this day, we ran it again. We probably didn't make it because I was tired. Of, I was tired as hell at that point. And, but practice ended and it was the last practice before championship. And I, I took a look around the field and it was one of those real moments. You're yeah. like, I'm, yeah. I'm never going to have this again. No. And, and I appreciate it. I appreciate all my coaches. I appreciate Mr. Drain, Coach Lee, Mr. Carson, both of them, Mr. Parker. I appreciate all of you. But but it's crazy. It's cliche, Sam, but we take those guys with us. We take the lessons they gave us. We take that with us every single day, no matter what you're doing at work. Your relationships, your friendships, uh, any decision you got to make, you think back to your coaches. And, and they have such a tremendous impact on your life, not just when you're 15 through 18 years old, but also now in your 30s. Of course. Everything that goes through my head right now is you're moving, you're running. Yeah. You're moving, you're running. And, it, it, and it's, it, it's, it's the same thing in life, man. It's... You want you want to do anything? You do it full. You do it full sprint. Amen, amen. And and I wasn't privileged enough to have this, but Sam and his teams they were able to to be uh, coached up by uh, an individual in Bill Lee who was a lieutenant in the Marines at the time. And forgive me if I if I uh, you know say say the wrong rank at the time, but having Coach Lee, Lieutenant Lee, at the time who was in the Marines, pushing guys to their max was so influential and to this day I mean that's that's 15 years ago Sam and you and you're still talking about it which is great yeah it's amazing actually it's it's I, I still hold it to me I still hold it today no matter what and I do want to say uh, we haven't had an opportunity to do so on the podcast but you know Bill Lee Ken Lee and uh, John Lee they were brothers and uh, they've lost their mother recently in Nancy Lee, who was a teacher around the prep and a very just kind person and someone that had very, influ- very influ- influential to them as individuals, but to so many other people. So a- as someone who has been uh, influential to my brother, uh, influential to me, myself also in, in, in the Lee boys, we just want to say um, that we're with you. We, we unfortunately know what it's like to lose a mother, and uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you. We mean that sincerely. Uh, she definitely shaped the young man that you guys became and, and have been an inspiration to so many people. So uh, we, we are with you during this difficult time, and I just wanted to take that opportunity to say that uh, on, on this podcast. Thank you very much. Rest in peace. Absolutely. And, and to the Lee family, it's a tough time. Uh, do what you got to do to move forward. There's there's no words that that uh, anybody can tell you that uh, will make things better. Uh, it's just the strength that you guys show to everyone that that is an inspiration, and and uh, we are grateful for your friendships and for your leadership. We look forward to all the great things you are going to continue to do. And and Sam, it has been a long time on this podcast for this, for their second episode. We've covered a lot of ground. We've talked a long time. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. So thank you so much for being here. Are there any parting thoughts you have as we uh, wrap this podcast up? <laughs> Don't believe the lies. <laughs> that is all. Thank you for having me, man. My brother, I wouldn't have you uh, any other way. I would always have you. You are the first guest that I won at the top of my uh, my guest list and I, it was a tremendous fun Valerie thank you for being here for refilling our drinks for being supportive as you always are uh, Brian thank you for being here before you went off to bed and uh, we just threw this together as a kind of a, a patio conversation on a Sunday evening so we'll, we'll get it out there at some point I, I'm not sure when but probably in the near future and uh, yeah we look forward to, to kind of Listening to this, I'm I'm sure. Just yeah, to... <laughs> let's definitely do this again. It's been fun. I mean, I mean, like, what am I eating? Jelly beans right now. Jelly beans. Okay. Yeah. So, 
Jelly beans, jelly beans, cigarettes, and whiskey. We're good. <laughs> that is the, the diet of champions for my brother Sam Hersmith. So, Sam, thank you so much for being here. I really look uh, forward to our next conversation. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to my brother Sam Hersema for his appearance on the Get Home Safe podcast. Looking forward to our conversations down the road and maybe another uh, interview here and there. If we can maybe make it like a monthly appearance, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work it out and talk it over and see if we can make that happen. But thanks again for uh, your words of wisdom and encouragement and uh, <laughs> fun arguments and such. It was a good time as always. Guys, that'll wrap up another episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. We look forward to all of our remaining guests this week. Captain Maynard Bajorquez tomorrow on Tuesday. Also Bill Barnes Wednesday, Phil Solis on Thursday, and Jill Wilman on Friday. That is the schedule. We hope to have you with us. You can always listen to the podcast episodes on the various platforms that you listen to your podcasts on. Anchor is... The app we use to record and edit our podcast. You can find all of our episodes there. We try to post a new episode every morning, Monday through Friday, usually around 7 o'clock here in California. But uh, tomorrow's will be out there with Captain Maynard Bohorkas. Should be a fun conversation. Thanks to all of you for joining us once again. The best ways to follow all the information, all the episodes on the Get Home Safe podcast are our Facebook page, Get Home Safe Podcast. The Instagram account, Get Home Safe Podcast. Our email address is gethomesafepodcast at yahoo.com. If you want to email in and any comments or questions or maybe some topics. And our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Get Home Safe Pod is our Twitter handle. Anyway, guys, that'll wrap it up. Like I said, thanks for joining us. Big thank you to Sam again. And guys, whatever you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around the third base, get home safe. Thank you.